Hey, Kevin Draves here with the Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Welcome, everybody, to The Den. This is The Howl. We would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other that features all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on the Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. I am the underhand free throw of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right is Aaron I Got Next Groshan, the producer of our show. And to the left is Rob Hookshot Hess who is the jack-of-all-trades for the program. First half of the Howl right, here on Dash Radio is nothing but net channel. And we are joined by Ryan James at Ryan NCAA James MN. He is a national analyst for Prep Hoop. Uh, he also does North Star and Prep and Dakota. So not only on the national level, but he is here in Minnesota as well as the Dakotas. Ryan, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Oh, no question. Teaching's over. Basketball weekend's over. Right now, the perfect time to reflect. Let's, in fact, reflect on it. So you've been writing for Gopher Illustrated now. Your bio says 15 years. Is that right? Yeah, this is the 15th season I've covered Gopher basketball. But I mean, it's 
Jackson, I was, you know, I was a manager on the team before that. My cousin played on the team before that. So it's been, going for basketball has been something that's been a part of me for probably since I picked up this book that Kevin McHale on it. The Pillsbury Classic Gold Country book when I was in middle or elementary school. This is something I've followed with a passion for a long time. For 15 years and now the gopher season officially is over with that 20-point loss to Michigan State over the weekend yeah, and, bo- and way, first BS, things first i want to talk about a guy who i think coming into the season you, you know everybody appreciated but not really on the level that maybe we should have and that's jordan murphy uh, he's not obviously able to play too much in the game against michigan state with the back spasms but uh, in your no, time Patino. with Patino, gopher sorry, illustrated uh, talk yeah. to me about the the oh, progression that you've so, seen out of jordan I, murphy I mean, you know, honestly, my progression with Jordan Murphy started in Chicago um, when the, the year before his senior uh, year. I remember watching him. I know the Gopher staff had been in contact with him, so I remember putting him on my of, list of guys to watch. And I remember thinking, yeah, you know, this is kind of kind of a turn from a walkway style, athlete size-wise, strength, bounce, and the way he runs. But at that point, it didn't really click that he was going to be what he is today. And then Michigan when State he when he too, right? got uh, got free of VCU and, and Minnesota grabbed him, I thought that was a huge pickup. And then as things go from there, I mean, really? initially so I watched, he's a guy that uh, can't get out of foul trouble, just goes baseline, but goes really, so hard you know, that he's immediately putting up numbers they, as a freshman. But if you remember back the then, everyone was like, why are they starting Joey King? Start Jordan Murphy. And, you know, it was kind of a daily fight, but then – you know, he Michigan started later State. in the year, and then uh, in the his, South Regional, his, they will uh, head home his to Louisville, moves Kentucky started improving, going over left shoulder, going over right shoulder, uh, getting better with a the dribble. The Free throw percentage went up every single year. His, and then at first, he was a terrible Let's not beat around the bush. He was not the best team basketball player in terms of team defender, but that came along, you know, big time as the years went on. He progressed into such a all-around leader, all-around guy you want to cheer for uh, such a great character slash student um, leader the, uh, for this team and, and going, has become an all-time great is, I'm sure it's gonna be a blast. yeah and yeah. in the you know never oh, missing oh, a practice never missing a, a game up nice. until this uh, Michigan uh, State so game where he I think it was released. about four minutes of, of actual uh, gameplay Sunday, um, and, and checking again, in at the tail the, end was, kind of was all he got with the back spasms you know, I, I, I tweeted on uh, right before the game uh, of, you know, regardless look, of the outcome, pay, let's let's just take this time to just enjoy Jordan Murphy, the basketball player, because, you know, it's not something that that as a gopher fan and, you know, there's a there's a potential of, of him getting drafted, at least I hope, ending up on an NBA team in some capacity, because like you said, he's that he's that locker room guy. But, you know, second most rebounds in the Big Ten all time. Uh, for a guy who's six foot eight, you just don't kind of you don't expect that. Yeah, that's well, I wouldn't give well, a sick baby. But how about, how about Michigan State six. winning not only six, the six. Okay. championship? Okay, right, I, I give him six six. Uh, as much as I love Jordan Murphy, I'll give him six six. 
but with a lot of hair. And you know, <laughs> Jordan is going to make money in basketball because overseas. But that's kind of like I say it doesn't work out here. He's going to they're going to flock to see him overseas just because he's such an explosive player on the basket. But he's also a guy that as much as everybody around here enjoyed, everybody probably took him a little bit for granted because a double double is not something that's common. But for Jordan Murphy, it was as common as you know, as common as driving to work for most of us. Like, oh, I got, I, I had 12 points, 11 boards. You do all that. You did. You know, it's rare for some people. But then you got Jordan with these monster games: 21 boards, 19 boards. It became ridiculous. Which. Uh, yeah, he yeah, is, ESPN, uh, like, like you said, I think a lot of people took him for granted. And you see, you know, the videos posted on Twitter of uh, of Patino taking him out, out of the game one last time for that curtain call. And you see comments from, you know, Michigan State fans and Wisconsin fans. I mean, he was he was incredibly well-respected across the Big Ten, which in a, in a college level, you don't see a lot because of those rivalries. No doubt. And when the best way to, to show that is he was first-team all Big Ten because the, the media around the, the around the around the around the Big Ten, the reason, they all so voted the rec- for him. The reason, you know, and that's this. the respect uh, that he earned. You know, I, I was I wasn't the sure that he was going to get that be just because the country, there were you know some games where he struggled with length and didn't have the best shooting percentages. So I wasn't sure that and Minnesota went nine eleven the Big Ten. So I wasn't sure that he was going to get all Big Ten, but it was a real it was a it was really nice to see. Um, him get first team because of the respect that you brought up. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he ends up on an NBA squad. Um, you know, if not uh, drafted, at least as a as a free agent, maybe a G League call up because. I mean, the, the, the guy's an absolute workhorse, and and now the the tough task for the Gophers is moving on from Jordan Murphy. Um, in the you know in the sense of finding somebody to to fill his shoes or multiple players to fill his shoes, um, and that's going to be a tough task. We saw a lot from Daniel Oturu as a freshman this year that that you know brings on some positivity. But for the for the Gophers, let's let's talk a little bit about this upcoming recruiting class because myself included, I think there's a lot of people that aren't super familiar with some of the guys that we're getting. So who are the guys that the Gophers are are bringing in or even kind of in that closer stage to bringing in that could help fill that void? And well, pretty much what's going to happen is the Gopher coaches well, are now. Interesting. I don't. And it, I don't it, you know, just any of these. They, their job detail is now going to be recruiting. Uh, of course, they're going to have to manage their players yeah. in terms of what they do on a daily basis, academically and workout-wise. But now their job is lock in with recruiting. Um, they have a really nice player to build on to begin with, and Trey Williams. Trey is a 19-year-old prep school kid who is from Texas. Actually, his family, his mom's side of the family is from Minnesota. Like, he's a relative of Jalen Suggs. Um, yeah, and he's coming in. You know, he's the type of kid who he played in the EYBL, was on a stacked team, got a little bit overlooked because he was on that stacked team last last summer. Um, went into a prep school for the second year in Utah and had a Phenomenal so year. Here's my thing. To the point where, like, all national guys, my, uh, my, my, myself included at Prep Hoops, put him in the top 125. High three star, low four star guy. Nevada he's a guy that you could trust Texas to work Tech, hard. He has Kentucky. the physique. Um, he's going to be able to shoot some, right definitely defend round, a lot. Nevada, You're probably going to play him at the three because he's so strong. He'll be able to defend other threes, but you could play him at the two. He's an excellent start to what they're trying to do. And now they have three scholarships left, maybe more depending on transfers. Although, right now, I don't know that. 
and then that we're going to get a transfer. Not um, slept on. 1990. That um, is the last year. So I went Michigan back through the record books about three, four right years ago to see when the last so, time a guy the teams, didn't transfer out of Minnesota that had a scholarship. And it was 1990 right, so, uh, that I quit we'll looking. Here. Not that uh, oh, that wow. was the exactly last one. It was when I quit looking. Because so, I got tired of research. Like, this might be the year. I mean, you know, there's speculation about Michael Hurt because Sid Hartman somehow wrote something in the article now. Michael Hurt, I believe, fully is coming back. I know Richard Pitino wants him back. Michael, Michael, I believe Michael wants to be back. It sounds like he wants to be back. I believe Michael Hurt will be here to be part of this team. So I'm not worried about that. What's going to happen with Isaiah Washington? I don't know. Isaiah said he wants to be here. You know, and if you're Minnesota, you kind of want these guys back. You already have. Four scholarships, so exactly you know, four new guys coming in in that way, and you have two transfers coming in. So that was, that's going to be six new guys minimal. Yep. So you really don't uh, want too many more transfers. Years, it's been so the team that your original Wednesdays question was, who's coming in? Well, which would be you have a you have State versus as visit and one of type those, of you know so who's, who are they looking at the two biggest names right now are Grant Sherfield and Austin Crowley. Both of them are top 100 guards. Both of them play together at Sunrise Christian. Grant Buffalo's was here last team. month, and he was in the crowd for the Purdue a good team. for the I, Purdue man, um, victory at home on senior night. He had a great time. Bel- he, uh, I mean, he was really impressed with the way Coach Pitino uses guards. Um, I, after I that visit, Minnesota's right on the Maryland. forefront for him, although they're going to have well, to fend uh, off two schools. Austin Crowley was the guy who was going to visit Minnesota last fall. The week Honestly, before like that, he visited Purdue and pulled the like trigger, committing to them. Golfers, right? like, but the he is now open because Bryce Drew lost his job. Right? Minnesota is going to try to get in on that, Depends but so is everybody else in the nation because like everybody golfers. needs players, but there's only Honestly, so many left. So you look at those two names, Grant Sherfield and Austin Crowley. If you grab one, that's big. They're also looking at some foreign, I guess that's way, international players, players from Europe. Isaiah Innan, he told me he's coming in on a visit in August. And Excuse that's the size August. you were talking about. Would, August the wouldn't do very well. Maybe has is <laughs> April is when he's but coming in here. He's from Germany. He's a six yeah. foot nine so power forward. Plays at the International Basketball School. Excuse me, International Basketball Academy in Munich. Has several high major offers. Oregon, Arizona State, Tennessee, TCU. These are Texas. These are the schools that Minnesota's competing with, and they're going to get a visit out of him. There's also a guy that's going to visit in May who's from Italy, six five shooting guard Federico. I don't remember how to say this name. It's like uh, Miyashi. Federico. Let's go with Federico. It'll be a one-game uh, thing. We're going to go with Federico. <laughs> so they're looking at some international players. They're looking at some... VCU They're looking at the two the guards to talk about and right. some bigs. And the thing, Say, the thing I want to leave you with on the recruiting is Minnesota's had – Minnesota head coach Richard Pitino's had a lot of success in short window recruiting. And what short window recruiting is, is basically spring where you try to get a transfer, where you got to try to get a grad transfer, where you try to get some of these spring guys who you're just becoming familiar with because they opened up or their name just popped up. The window is short. You only have so much time to build a relationship and come on a visit. And most of these guys are desperate to find a school, so it's short window recruiting. Well, Minnesota's been great with that. Reggie Lynch, um, Marcus Carr, Jordan Murphy was a short window spring recruit. Like, how huge was that? Keem Springs, the X Factor to their last tournament run before this year. You know, Reggie Lynch, of course, was the defensive player of the year before he was suspended by the university. And that's just the main four. 
names. There's other names like DeAndre Matthew really helped. Joey King helped. You know, you could go down the list. There's a lot of them. So Peyton Willis is the guy who transferred here from Vanderbilt last year. So that short window recruiting, the names I mentioned earlier, also look at some transfers. They're going to need a big. I could see them getting a big out of the transfer window. So let's talk about arguably the best prospect in Minnesota this year. And not arguably, I mean, he is. He's You guys at at Prep Hoop had him ranked as the number five prospect, and that's Matthew Hurt. He's got kind of the five narrowed down schools and and. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, Minnesota is in his top five. I think that's a negative. We have to compete with Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's really six schools right now. He's at the McDonald's All America practices, and a lot of people are out there writing. You know, they're meeting with him and interviewing him and writing with him, writing stories on him after meeting with him. Some people have kind of said it's down to four schools. It's not. Uh, the schools are Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Minnesota, and Memphis. He didn't visit Minnesota and Memphis officially, so therefore a lot of people I think are pulling, pulling those, you know, pulling Minnesota and Memphis out of the out of the running because of that. But those names, those teams haven't been officially taken out. Um, you know, Matthews said to be wanting to make his uh, his decision on. I mean, in the third the week in April, and and with with Matt, I mean I think that could happen, but with Matt, it's yeah he's going to wait to have the right feel. And what I mean by that is, which school who lost players for the draft. Who lost players to transfer? God, somebody lose a coach. Now, sure, all those big-name teams, it doesn't you – know, we don't expect they, Bill I mean, Self or Roy Williams to go anywhere. Kansas, but at the same time, you have to watch uh, for it. And Matt, because Matt's so talented, he can wait it out and see what happens. So but like, it could go a lot of different directions. Yeah. You know, right <laughs> now, if I had to pick right now, I'd say Duke. Yep, but I'll tell you what, so if, tr- if Trey Jones let's say, goes pro, so long, really you know, if he goes pro and is a first-round draft pick, uh, that Andrew could be right back. We go right back in circles start over again. So I think Mac could go a number of different places. It just depends on what happens with those rosters through the spring. So I, I, I know it's is. tough like, to gauge, you, but, but do you think? Time, I mean, do you think there's any chance that he chooses Minnesota in this in this selection, so or is this another top tier Minnesota talent that we're going to miss out on? Four upsets, they've had I would probably upsets. say that this, I mean, that he's probably going to go to this one. Anybody school. can only take um, so much of that. So that's I don't just kind of the way it led to. I'm just surprised he didn't do it. I believe he was going to want to play for one of these national championship contenders. I believe that's what he wants to do. I don't know that. I mean, maybe he has a change of heart. And because he hasn't officially eliminated them, eliminated them yet, but at the same time he hasn't taken an official visit. <laughs> I see, you know, I still look back and I find it okay. funny. Uh, so let's move on to the uh, to the 2020 you know, class real quick. Um, there's a couple other guys too um, to to look out for in the upcoming years. You know, Chet Holmgren, uh, class of 2021, I believe, and then uh, Prince Oligby in the class of 2022. But the class of 2020 has a guy by the name of Jalen Suggs, uh, who is a dual sport athlete here at Minnehaha Academy in in Minnesota. He plays football. He plays basketball. Uh, Last are, I saw, it looks like he's got somewhere in the neighborhood of, of the 20 season. to 23 so offers. The question is, is how um, you treat those teams? And he, he's kind of taking his time, and, and so a lot of people have said that the Gophers up, have a decent chance to land him. Is that is that what you're hearing as well? Yes. Um, with Jalen, I, I don't think – some people were wondering when he's going to close the door on football. Jalen is such an interesting kid, such an interesting athlete. I don't know that he'll ever close the door on football. 
I mean, his best friends are top football players like Caden Johnson and Terry Lockett. Some of his best friends are teams that were expected. I don't. I don't ever expect him to close that door anytime soon. Anyway, I know he's got a great relationship with PJ Fleck, which leads me to think, you know, there is a chance that he would want to play for PJ in the fall. And then, you know what? If he's on the field, then he plays, and then he joins the basketball team in football when the when the football season's over. And if he's, let's say, he's second, third string quarterback. Then so maybe if he's so third string as a freshman, he gets on the court and plays as a freshman for the basketball team. Yes, the there is a chance that that could happen. Yes, he is interested in it. Yes, he's got a good relationship with the staff and with both those staffs. But also, Jalen's also been to his offers from those programs from Georgia. You know, he has them from Ohio State and he's visited Ohio State. You know, he's with only, visited Iowa in these regards. So it, it could go a lot of different directions. I think part but of Minnesota fans should have hope just because Jalen is – has a and lot of pride in his Minnesota roots. He's got a lot of pride in being from St. Paul, and he's got a lot of pride in what he's done at Minnehaha Academy. Oh, and for those reasons, and you know, and, and if his friends, let's say Caden Johnson, who's at Minnesota, so I believe today, on a football right, visit, let's Just say Caden like goes to Minnesota. Well, that's that's going to help Jalen. You know, let's say I'm Terry Lockett, who was at, I think it's Spire Academy in Ohio State and is on his way back to Minnehaha for next year. Let's say he comes back and he becomes a wide receiver at Minnesota football. And maybe once he wants to play point guard for the Gophers as well because Terry is a good basketball player. Then you have that there too. So there's so many there's so many ways things could go. And the one thing I want to tell you about Jalen Suggs is Jalen's a different kid. Jalen is his own kid. He's his own human being. And I just don't see Jalen Suggs doing what other people constantly do, whereas a lot of Minnesota kids have gone to Duke, will go to Duke. Jalen's different. Jalen is his own. He's just Jalen's himself, and he can. I feel. I feel like Jalen wants. Jalen wants to make a name for himself, and he doesn't need. It doesn't matter what's on the jersey. It could be Arizona State. It could be Hawaii. It could be Georgia. You know. You know. With Jalen, he's just. That's the way he is. Yes. Uh, he Which, wants to way, pave his own do, path, and that's something that exactly. that I've you been I've been a strong CSPN advocate for for some of these guys. Five. Like, you know, I mean, even Trey Five Jones. Six. I I know in my heart of hearts that there was no chance he was coming uh, here, but it's like, why go? So why follow in your brother's footsteps? Why you know, no, make Kevin, make your own name, no pave your own path. So hopefully, Jalen Suggs gets that. Uh, that that path well, paved and comes to Minnesota. Um, really uh, real quick, I'll touch on the other two, then we'll get into attorney stuff. Uh, Chet Holmgren and uh, Prince Oligby, have they both been offered by the Gophers yet? Do you know? Chet has. Chet was offered a long time ago, along with several other schools that have offered Prince. Prince doesn't have too many offers yet. I believe it's Western Kentucky, Florida. Maybe one other one as well. Maybe I, I can't. I think I saw Illinois as well. Illinois was, on the yes, list. Illinois is one of them. Uh, Minnesota is likely coming, but he's just a freshman. He's such a young guy. He's a freshman, six foot six, athletic, explosive freshman. Prince's day will definitely come. As far as Chet goes, Chet is a completely unique game changer. You just watch those state tournament games. What he did behind the defense was phenomenal. I mean, he just controlled games this year defensively where to the point where you had an 11-foot wall. People had to go over, and it, if they that, missed. So they were top 25. You go the other way, man. Yeah, you're not, get, you're not getting the rebound over them. and it's, It'll be fun to watch him progress over the next two years of, uh, of high school ball as well because I have a feeling Minnehaha Academy is going to be a, a powerhouse in the state for some time. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's move on to the NCAA tournament. 
attorney. We kind of talked a little bit about the Gophers in Michigan State, but overall, what are your thoughts on this year's tourney? I feel, at least in my mind, it's a little bit more competitive from the overall standpoint of, you know, we saw some 16 seeds, you know, early on in their games kind of take it to the ones. We saw, you know, 12-5 upsets. We saw 13-4 upsets this year. just feels overall like it's a lot more competitive. Well, I've enjoyed it. There's been a lot of fun competitive games when I've been able to watch. Obviously, it's hard to cover a state tournament and an NCAA tournament at the exact same time. Um, but, but when I've been able to when I've been able to get my eyes on the NCAA tournament, like last night's Central Florida versus Duke game or yesterday's Iowa versus the Final Four, who did Iowa just lose to? That's Cincinnati. No, I wasn't. No, that was the first round. Iowa played. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking now too. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. That was you know that there was so many points to that game that I really enjoyed. Um, and I love. There's a lot of storylines I've liked. I did not like the Minnesota Louisville storyline. Oh, I thought that was kind of ridiculous to put the, the, the coaches in that position when they're trying to concentrate on a game. But, like, I really enjoyed the local Trey Jones versus Vinny Shahid, you know, guys that played in the state tournament three years ago going to head-to-head in the first round. NDSU giving them a run for 20 minutes. You know, that was fantastic. I absolutely, you know, hey, Oregon beat Wisconsin. The NCAA gives Wisconsin one of the hottest teams in basketball, and now they're in the Sweet 16 in Minnesota. Or Wisconsin was the first Big 12, Big 10 team out. You know what? Didn't hurt my feelings yeah. one bit. <laughs> well, and I'm, um, I'm a big I'm a big Oregon fan myself. You know, it started it started with football back in the conference uh, the, the Harrington days, and and kind of has more recently transferred over Wolves to basketball. And one of those and I'll tell you that that Oregon team is Ohio State. I think a 12 seed was a, a gross underestimate for them on their on their seating. You know, especially even winning the Pac-12. You know, it kind of reminded me when Minnesota got Middle Tennessee State. But Middle Tennessee State, some thought they'd be in an 8-9, and all of a sudden they're a 12, playing Minnesota without a key Springs with Nate Mason Hampert. It kind of reminded me of that. You know, Oregon's in Sweet 16. They're going to make a run. You know, they're going to try to make that run. But, you know, can Virginia get it done? You know, they almost got scared against – they almost got that – they got through that scare against Gardner-Webb. Now they're in the Sweet 16, that Oregon-Virginia game is going to be definitely something to watch. We've had so much excitement, like, you know, watching John Morant just absolutely take Marquette down, you know, another highlight of the tournament. And then, again, back to VCU-Duke. Like, that game was so intriguing, had so many storylines, there was so much passion, you know, and, yeah, yeah, Central Florida, they got screwed a couple times. So, there's been so much excitement in this tournament. There has been balance. At it. Now, Rob, it's just been so fun. Yep, yeah, Aubrey Dawkins with 32 win. points so in that game, win, and then you know you got you got Taco Falwich. You know, I mean, this is this has really been so kind of his welcome into the national spotlight. I mean, you know, within the basketball community, we're all relatively familiar with Taco Fall because how do you miss a guy who's seven six seven seven and you know has only been playing for a couple years and is now in the NCAA tournament? But it was really his first introduction into the national spotlight. Sound good? And I mean, he had what? So he had, uh, I think, 15 in the game, the coin, six rebounds, a, you know, a, an opening putback uh, dunk off, on his own missed shot. I mean, you just you see those kind of uh, uh, players that you don't expect to see normally in this kind of spotlight. I don't know. There's so many teams. Yeah, and watching yeah, him dunk was absolutely comical. It's like how I throw something in. You know, it's like how I throw something in the wastebasket. It's like boop. Okay. You know, and. It was also comical watching Duke players try to go, go at with, him. Uh, I mean, he's a wall. 
trying to score over the top of him, he was a wall. And it forced Duke to try to shoot more jumpers, to shoot more mid-range jumpers, to go and miss contested shots around the rim. That's why I was just so... It angered me so much last night when the foul they called as a fifth foul was called because if you're going to... If he's going to... You're going to take him out of the game, which absolutely changes everything Central Florida is doing on both ends of the floor. It completely takes away their defensive advantage for where they're playing. And that's the call you take him out on? It was it was infuriating, especially considering Zion just absolutely bullied the dude before him on the spin right. move. Uh, so that Dickinson was frustrating. And then after Zion misses the free throw, everyone was looking at that the hook and hold on the left side of your screen. So far, but dude who scored the basket, who I can't remember what, pushed the UCF guy two hands in the middle of the back. Yep. You know, it was it was frustrating. It yeah, was that's really that's been a that's been a topic that that we've discussed here on the on the show is the uh the the refereeing so far in this so tournament has so been heads, pretty heads, suspect heads. and and that was uh, that was right? one that I think would have changed the whole Tails. the whole facet Saint of the John's. game and even there with is. that you. UCF had Saint the opportunity to win it late run, and that right, so uh, that that layup basically just rimming out on the uh, on the tail end of things. Versus North Carolina. Central. Hold up, let's go to the monitor. I mean, how many times have we seen that? Hold up, let's go to the monitor. Yep. Hold yeah, up. they, they, they want to talk about pace of play, uh, and they take VCU an extra five, ten minutes UCS. every time they head to that yes. monitor. That goes yeah, to we got to add so two. Point two seconds. Well, the uh, again, State we are joined by Ryan Liberty. James at Ryan James yes. MN. He is definitely worth the follow for all of your local uh, high school, as well as a lot of the college stuff. The NCAA tournament. He's been putting out great articles and go for Illustrated writing for 15 years. Ryan, once again, man, thank you so much for joining us on the show, and we'll definitely have to have you back here sometime soon. Excellent. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Shut up. This is ridiculous. Let me see the coin. It's a regular coin. It's not it's like a, it's... we're using a quarter. Uh, LSU versus Yale. Yale. <laughs> it's tails. <laughs> all right. Sure. Why not? Uh, all right. Here's the matchup we really care about, guys. Louisville versus Minnesota. Louisville. Oh, boo. <laughs> Heads it is. Coin is fixed. I think that's right. Michigan State versus Bradley. Michigan State. Oh. Wait, wait, because, yeah, yeah, Michigan State was the higher seed. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got Gonzaga versus Dickinson. Gonzaga. A lot of heads, though. I, I can't actually... believe the number one seeds have prevailed so far. Syracuse, Baylor. Tails. Baylor with the win. Sorry, Dave Benz, but your team goes down. Uh, Marquette versus Murray State. Murray State. We're getting a run on the, on the tails now, which is pretty good. Uh, Florida State versus Vermont. Florida State. It's very interesting. Buffalo versus St. John's. St. John's. Wow. Yep, tails. Uh, Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky. We have tails again. Northern Kentucky with the upset. Nevada, Florida. Heads. Nevada. Michigan, Montana. Tails. The 15-2 upset. Hey, Montana's legit. There is usually a 15-2 upset, though. Yeah. Uh, Virginia, G-Web. Heads. Virginia takes it. So all three number one seeds so far have won. Uh, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Heads. Ole Miss. Wisconsin, Oregon. Heads. No. I refuse. <laughs> this is good. This is going We've actually uh, this been. This is going to be Kansas State, UC Irvine. Kansas State, heads it is. Uh, Villanova, St. Mary's. 
St. Mary's. Yes, I'm still good. <laughs> Aaron, what was your pick again? St. John's. Yeah, St. John's. John's. Okay. So I'm the only one eliminated. Uh, Purdue, Old Dominion. Heads. Purdue. Uh, Cincinnati, Iowa. Tails. And Tennessee, Colgate. This is heads. Heads. Yeah. Yep, Colgate. Uh, North Carolina, Iona. Uh-oh. North Carolina. Oh. Wow. I will say the coins did a pretty good job so far. Uh, Utah State, Washington. It is heads. Uh, Auburn, New Mexico State. Tails. New Mexico State. Kansas, Northwestern. Kansas. Oh. Uh, Iowa State, Ohio State. Tails. Ohio State with the win. All right, Big Ten. Houston, Georgia State. Heads. Wofford, Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Tails? Yep, tails it is. And Kentucky versus Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I, All right, this so this is, is our talker segment here on the Howl, Just part of Dash right. Radio's uh, Nothing But Duke Net channel. We've got a lot to cover and uh, not a lot of time to do it, so we're going to we're going to jump right into it. The Rob, what's your uh, what's your first talker we got for tonight? Uh, no, I'm not sure if you State saw this. Did you see the story about tails. Lou Williams and the State. interaction you had with someone that pulled uh, a gun on him? I did not see this. So this it is not necessarily recently, but it was Maryland. it was so from a podcast Yale, from last year, I guess. Someone mentioned, story. and I uh, wanted Michigan to kind of just State, go over this Louisville. little Louisville. quote from him. I thought it was really interesting. So Lou Williams goes, Gonzaga, I didn't talk him out of killing me. Baylor. Once he said oh, what he said, I came up with a solution, but I didn't talk him out of it. Once he said what he said, I didn't tell him, hey, man, wait. Murray he goes, State the story is, sales. I was at the barbershop. Um, I get my hair cut in the St. hood. 22nd in Indiana in the hood. What's my St. security was with me at the barbershop. We leave the barbershop. I'm at the light. He called and me. He is. said, you good? I said, They're yeah, I'm straight. He said, all right, good. Nevada, I watched Montana. him do you turn behind me and pull off. Uh, I reached tails. down and started playing my phone Montana. sitting at the light. I look up and hear a knock at the window. I look up. Dude got the gun. I don't know why I didn't get out of the car. I should have got out of the car, but instinctively uh, I rolled the window five. down. State, I rolled the window down, and he told Gales. me to get out of the car. Scotty. We made eye contact, and, and he said, "Damn, Lou, I can't Purdue even do it to you." He just said, "Damn, Lou, I no, can't even do it to you." Purdue. The next thing he said was, That's "Man, as much as you do for the city, as much as you do for the neighborhood, I can't even do you like that." So what ended up happening is in North Philly, again, I was a dream chaser. I've known Meek before the world knew Meek. When it was cold out. We would give out coats uh, and sweaters. Carolina, we did it out of Utah pocket. State. Going Heads. to Burlington Coat Factory ourselves. Pulling up in U-Haul trucks uh, and pulling stuff Kansas, out. We used New to do these things. New Camps State. in the summertime, it was just a community that embraced New me. Kansas, this dude was from that community. About. He said, Houston I just got out of jail. I'm hurting. I'm hungry. All I got is this gun. Heads. So I took. So I look around. There's and McDonald's right there. And I told him, bro, if you pull in, let's go and I'll buy you anything you want to eat. It wasn't like he robbed me and then he got and then we got in the car. Uh, I just told him I'll buy him whatever. And that's what I did. We sat there and chopped it up. (laughs) He was just like, I'm down and out here. I told him, bro, I get it. But this ain't the way. My God. What a crazy story. So. And then we've got Maryland It's it's moments like this because I like Lou Will, the player. Big Ten representing. I think uh, he's one of the best the six men in NBA Miller history, for sure. Uh, but this makes me like him even more. I mean, you hear about, I mean, this, this easily could have gone awry. Montana. We could be talking, you know, rest in peace, Lou Williams. 
all of this very easily. Yeah, you just don't know. Very easily, but man, Lou Will is a stand-up guy. And the fact that, like, you know, the guy that that robbed him just happened to be in the neighborhood, that Lou Will did all of this, recognized him, and still just had the the wherewithal and the realness to say, you know, I can't do this to a guy who's helped out the community. I mean, that's just... Man, that's scary. And we've got, but it's like, but Lou Will is a is a Houston very good dude. Abilene Christian. Yep. I, I mean, really Tails. a cool story, and, hey, and just Wildcats. glad that it that's went the way that it did. Right. I mean, Willie it could have, like you said, it could have gone any other way, but it worked out okay. And, and hopefully, that man's turned his life around and was able to, Tails. you know, get things fixed Maryland up. Because, like Lou said, board. that's just not the way. And, uh, we've got and hopefully, he figured Baylor that out and was able to take St. this really cool gesture by Lou Williams and, and kind of maybe pay it forward or, you know, maybe decide I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to make this work. So I just thought that was a really cool story. Now I want to move on to, no, we'll talk other NBA stuff, but one thing I do want to touch on, of course, is the tournament. Yes. We've got a lot to talk about. We do. So one thing I really want to touch on to start off with is let's first, let me ask you this. How was your, how was your bracket? I know you only did one. Yeah. So I filled out one. I put it in three groups. I've actually got 14 of the 16 sweet 16 teams, right? Nice. So I didn't get Houston and I didn't get Texas tech. I was, I was kind of really iffy on Texas tech and I actually had Arizona state in the sweet 16. So basically winning their first round game and then beating Houston. I, I, uh, it were, uh, yeah, it was Buffalo, I think. Um, uh, though, I mean, hilarious. I'm I'm really happy. Otherwise, I picked Oregon, which is my squad. Um, I, I was a little bit of a homer in picking the Gophers over uh, Louisville, but then I was a realist and picked Michigan State. I would have I would have been happy to see Minnesota in uh, and beat Michigan State, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super thrilled with Maryland. where I'm at right now. How's your bracket going? It, well, so I did about 50 brackets. Now, I only do, I only did one pay bracket. And in that one, I'm doing – I'm right in the middle of the pack. I think I still have an outside shot. But what hurt me the most was Nevada. All right, sure, why not? I, See, I picked that. Right, we we watched tonight. the first round of games together, the first yeah, night of games. And uh, I had Florida – and he had Nevada, and it was back and forth Maryland all night with Nevada. That, that Caleb, I believe his name's Caleb Martin. Oh. And we actually encountered him we, uh, uh, when we were doing some simulations for our other show, segment. the 2K League show. Yeah, we'll and I just, Perfect. I'm Come so frustrated with that guy. I, I, I have to wonder, we have how do you have twins? A set of twins. One of them learns how to shoot properly, one doesn't. How does that happen? Yeah. And so so I, I, I don't know if he got did he get an now. injury at some uh, point and it changed the way he shoots. Well, that's that's very possible. I mean, you look at you look at not only basketball guys but guys across all sports. And one that I'll use general, a lot of that you're going to want Minnesota fans, especially baseball, would know is Pat Neshek. So uh, yeah, older, old twins reliever from the day, true. where he he injured his arm, and he said after surgery the only way he could throw that wasn't uncomfortable for him was the kind of submarine sidewinder, and so he adapted to it. And and maybe that's what maybe that's what it is with Caleb Martin. But you look at his free throw shooting; everything was short off the front iron. You look no, at all of I his mean, shots, playoffs, it was super inconsistent. Unlikely, which is why I no think this is possible way for the big men to try to, to get a sense of where that rebound's going to go. Um, he was, he's good on defense, he's quick, fits for the Wolves, but just his shooting ability, I think that really, uh, no pun intended, shot Nevada in the foot. He missed a dunk, like a really big dunk at one point. It was just a very frustrating game for him, and I'm sure he was frustrated as well. The other team that I... No, I didn't have them in my main pay bracket. You have Zion that far, but the team that shocked me was Villanova. Just getting blown out in the second round. Who did they lose to? 
you know, both I can't those think players. Of which team was well, Purdue. The one yeah, that's right. Mind, Purdue. Purdue. And here's the thing: I've watched Purdue a number of games because they're in the Big Ten. Watched the Gophers beat them more than once and pretty handily. Yeah. I don't think they're that good of a team. And Villanova just got smoked. Yeah, Villanova more or less just laid down. I was so shocked. Jay Wright teams usually get better as the season goes on, and not that they hadn't been doing that. But once they got to the tournament, I know part of their motto is the whole out of Murray State mantra that they really want to be able to get more practice. So it's not even necessarily about winning. The uh, tournament games, they just want to get more practice in that was what they talked about last year. And Jeff then, you know, they go and win the championship. Whether we and so Jones, there's, there's a lot to like about those squads usually. And so stays. I really expect them to make there, a little bit of a run. They did could not. Very easily and so for my main bracket, again, I had three number ones. So I had North Carolina, I had Virginia, and I had Duke. All of which are in it, and then I lost Nevada. So my big thing is I'm going to need some twos to lose. Because in the bracket I'm in, there's a lot of people that pick the twos. So Tennessee, Kentucky, Michigan State, people pick that to make that runs, to so and game, I'm going to need them to lose the earlier than later because uh, I don't have any of those twos going March to the Final 21st. Four. So that's going to be one of the big things for me. I also probably need Gonzaga to lose because so again, since I didn't have them in the final four, <laughs> I don't need them making it. Marquette. I don't need them no points. No, and people. Flip bracket tells what's us nice is we saw a lot of storylines um, losing. So that that Morant would you know were, were positive storylines. So obviously we had the Gophers versus Louisville, which but is a, is a completely really other sided sure thing. But you know we saw the rise the of John Morant. Game, we saw uh, Fletcher McGee, uh, you know, making history. We saw. Teams like Belmont and and sixteen seeds and fifteen seeds that uh, that competed. North Dakota State ran with Duke for a know, bit. Like yep. we're uh, seeing a more, in my opinion, a more competitive uh, NCAA Travis tournament Jack this year than we've seen in a while. Well, and now, granted, well, we're not seeing not a lot of massive upsets. That's what I was going to say. There's less upsets, but I think the games are but the games are better in my opinion. I think that's fair. And of course, seeing the Wisconsin Badgers lose to any team, much less the Oregon Ducks, is a phenomenal tournament. But overall. I thought the Big Ten now, had a very nice first weekend. Yes, right now. I mean, it so wasn't perfect, but I thought they played pretty well. Pretty yeah, darn close to it. Iowa had that close that close loss that could have gone either way. Drafts, but a great comeback later, by them. Yep. You obviously saw out. Minnesota We're make gonna it to the second game. And I would argue Minnesota was so impressive to me. Obviously, we're Minnesota guys. That's our team. And I'm a huge Gopher fan. I love Richard Pitino. But I was so impressed with the fight you got from the Gophers in that second round game. You're missing Jordan Murphy. You are no Matt Stockman. Either. Yep, forward. you're already missing Eric Curry, who a few weeks ago uh, hurt his, that is the you know, got hurt his leg again. Board, He's out for the year, to so you're really short-staffed. Another player, and credit, uh, on a very even though he hasn't that you really had the best career for us, uh, I, you know, I credit Michael Hurt for stepping forward. in and playing well. And most of these Jarvis players, like the I Omersa played really we well. From what you, I mean, I don't think you had necessarily high expectations for some of these players, and I was just very impressed that they could step up and at least be productive. At one point in the second half, we got it to nine points. Now, of course, as far as the great Cassius Winston so jumps in and all of a sudden takes over when you got to nine points and all of a sudden it's 17 points in the tournament. And, and you really never, you, know, on, you were never Carolina, close again at that point. But I was super impressed by that. Nasir I'm a huge Jordan Murphy fan. The, the, the problem he's going to run to at the next level is so undersized. At six foot really, six, uh, move the needle. There's just not and much room for a guy that plays that, that power forward for, or center role. Wings that's only six foot six. Really it just doesn't work. No, but some of those wings I think the the, the, the two things that a lot of teams are going to look at, and we, and we I talked about this with Ryan James a little bit earlier, is any Big Ten fans 
his tenacity to rebound he is out of and just the overall character of of who he is as a person impact player i think especially the rebounding but that character side of things out there and a guy that's going to come in and work and a guy that can that can stay healthy I mean, if you look, he he only Northern missed, Kentucky. you know, basically one game in his career, and that was the game against Michigan State. He never missed a practice. He never missed a Texas game Tech in full. A three seed. I mean, Jordan now, Murphy the, is, the, is, the, is the second best rebounder uh, all time in the Big Ten. Round, all time. Get a game or two so I think he's going to get some run. I think he, is um, he might start overseas. He might start in the G League. I don't think Moving he's going to go right to an NBA roster, but Jordan Murphy, uh, I think, is going to have some success in the NBA for a franchise. And whatever thing, franchise gets him, he's going to be incredibly lucky to have The big thing he's going to have to work on is if he could figure out a way forward, to be a better passer and hit consistently a three-point shot. Yep. Now, granted, a te- a, you a, saw him. He actually a hit a few big threes in the tournament. But, for, but that's not his game. But if he could, I kind of look at it this way. If he could get a more consistent three-point shot, Gorgie Jang, I he's guess, very similar if you really think about it. Now he's not a big dribbler. He's not you know, a ball handler. The more handler, I talk about it, the more in terms I of just the, the style of his position game, that we do look at. Think about who he and compares so a guy to. Like he's played with the Wolves. Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah, very back to the basket centric. Fights for rebounds. Now. They're so different there players. Just you know, when you think of Shabazz, you don't think of a Jordan Murphy. Do make a lot of sense. But just another player that they're around really the same size in terms of height. Point guards. Obviously, Shabazz is a bigger Kobe guy, White. but Jordan Murphy's not Kobe small. White is no, North Carolina, but he fights for those rebounds. And a point guard. And if he could North figure Carolina out a three-point shot and maybe just be a decent passer out of the post, which I think he is a pretty good passer because he got double teamed quite a bit. Yeah, he could. I mean, when you're the when you're playing the Golfers, the one thing you know is that Jordan Murphy's going to get the ball, and Jordan Murphy is a guy that can beat you. If you look at and that so side of the bracket, at the next level, it's have, really important for him to be able to do those extra things because he doesn't have that size. Of the and that's where I think so he makes his bread and butter and as maybe multiple opportunities kind of a, I guess, a small ball four the players that and then North some Carolina sort of a kind of a three slash four hybrid. Little, the, the tough part you run into is, and a good example, this would be, remember, Derek Williams. He was also a cleaner, and that's what throws you off is another team today's NBA, I will say this, now as opposed to 10 years ago, it's a little different because You've got a guy like Luca who plays some point guard. Like right he could now. he could play point guard, yep. but mostly shooting guard, small forward. You've got a guy like Zion who, you know, it was it was said in commentary. You know, you can put him at any of the five positions, which A, I think is ludicrous because somebody his height playing center in the NBA, it's not gonna work. He's athletic. But he needs well, I mean, it's so different than Draymond Green playing center. He will be, but he will not. I still think it's a little different. I don't you know. Have, I guess but, we'll see. Heard of but I, I, I see I Draymond is more like a, a three or four Oregon, kind of, of spot guy. But yeah, I mean, this is kind the of big thing with Jordan Murphy too is that he he wasn't he as heralded as Derek Williams was coming out of school. Drop a little more, as but. You know, I think Jordan fans, Murphy you know, can find success in the NBA. His foot yeah, injury, I, I, a lot of it's going to depend on the situation for, he goes to. He is it's going to take some time. That, uh, he has to improve his game. I do hope he gets a chance to go to the combine. He is able to do one of those guys. I really like to see just get an opportunity there. But his team will be in the tournament playing those couple other players, like three on three or four on four games that they do. And just get a chance to kind of. He put himself center. out there, get some interviews done. I think a lot can be gained but again, for a player of his player stature that maybe needs to take that next step there and find a way to impress. He was one of the best now, he obviously impressed on the court, but just given his I measurables, not I just think there's other ways that he'd be able to get teams on his side, and he can definitely do that at the combine. 
So, so coin flipping ends up um, obligatory couple minute Oregon Duck so talk here. Um, I want to cover both men's and women's because both teams yeah. are in the tournament right now. Go for it. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu, a senior point guard for Oregon, the Lady Ducks, just had her 18th triple double of her career against Indiana in the second round of the women's NCAA tournament. Look for her to be even, in my opinion, a top three pick in this year's draft. Um, PJ Washington, phenomenal, and she's absolutely phenomenal. And on the men's side, uh, for me, Kenny Wooten, um, and I mentioned him on Twitter. You and I talked a little bit. So just to give you an idea, Rob, he's a freshman. And so anyone that comes, he's a good player. He's, he's a great player. So Pac-12 all defensive team really selection. One of two Just freshmen to appear in every game this season. The tournament. Uh, two point six blocks per game, which is fifteenth nationally. Um, had ninety-two total blocks this season, ninth most in the NCAA. Also third on the University of Oregon single season and Pac-12 freshman list. Only a guy who's currently playing in the NBA, Jordan Bell, had more blocks in a round. The one pro game is a true than, uh, than Wooten did against Oregon, and Wooten had five. Of all levels, uh, featuring four microphone channels. It is very Bluetooth, good. Peyton USB, Pritchard, their point guard, um, he's got a couple more years left. He's phenomenal. Pads. Four uh, the Oregon Ducks, a lot of people slept on, more. but they're playing some revenge ball right Pro now after winning the Pac-12 and only getting a 12 easy. seed. Available in, in stores NCAA this December. Tournament. Visit www.road.com for more you know, information. Have you seen where, once again, that's for example, www.road.com. I haven't 